What do you love about being outside and active? I'm, I'm sure I've spent more time outdoors than in. That just feels like home. Enjoy what you can do because you never know what is around the corner. Just being outdoors in the fresh air, it just clears my mind. Fully immersed in nature is what brings me the most joy. Hello and welcome back to the final episode of season 11 of the Outside and Active podcast where we wrap up with Protect Our Winter's head of programmes, Dom Winter. And in this episode, Dom will be providing clear ways that you, someone passionate about the outdoors, can be most effective in stopping climate change. As I mentioned, Dom is representing the outdoor sport climate action charity Protect Our Winters. And with a background in sustainability and being a keen snowboarder, Dom will provide clear ways that you can be most effective in stopping climate change. In his role as head of programmes, Dom leads on policy, develops and runs climate education, including carbon literacy training, guides business action and plays a key role in developing Powell UK's campaigns. You can find out more about Protect Our Winters at protectourwinters.uk. Gives a bit more information to what Dom will talk about in this episode. I think it's really, really important. And once again, as the same as Neil's episode last weekend, this was filmed at the National Snow Week London Snow Show. So really looking forward to getting into this conversation. Before I do, if I can ask a quick favour of everyone listening to this. If you think you know someone who would enjoy this episode or this podcast just as much as you, then please do forward it on to them so we can continue growing this outside and active community. It's the only favour I will ask. Very happy again to have Tyrol as an episode sponsor of this podcast. I will chat a little bit more about them and their resorts later in the episode. Without further ado, let's head straight into this episode and conversation with Protect Our Winters, Don Winter. Dom, let's kick off with some advice. And the advice comes from the amazing Neil Campbell, who's just been on the podcast. And I really like his advice. We, he solved all the world issues with just one, one sentence, just be a nice person. It's not hard. Just be a nice person. If everyone yeah, like was that. just nice, it's harder to be, it's harder to be a, a not a nice person. So it, I quite liked that advice and I'm passing it along to you. Yeah, thanks for that. I think that <laughs> resonates with... What we're trying to do at POW and <laughs> yes, all be a bit nicer for the planet as well as, yeah, to each other. Well, let's dive, let's dive straight into that. Um, tell me a bit about your role at Protect Our Winters and also what the mission of the organisation is. Yeah, so my uh, role is Head of Programmes at Protect Our Winters UK. So that's the UK chapter uh, and POW or Protect Our Winters exists to help passionate outdoor people become effective climate advocates to achieve systemic solutions to climate change. So really anyone that's interested and motivated and loves the outdoors, be it uh, snow sports, but other mountain sports too. Uh, recently, particularly, yeah, like mountain biking, climbing. However you go out and get involved in the outdoors, that gives you that motivation to protect it uh, from the impacts of climate change that we're already seeing. So uh, that's what power is all about. Um, and yeah, reaching those systemic solutions. So it's not blaming the individual. It's saying, how do we overcome this and really get to where we need to be uh, on this topic to protect uh, what we all love. Uh, yeah, so that's what it's all about. And <laughs> as head of programs, I uh, deliver and develop our training, uh, advise businesses and develop campaigns. And I mean, I, you reeled that off so perfectly. I, mean, I, know, I know it's job, but you've, you've also been talking to loads of people um, this weekend so far yeah. at the London Snow Show. How is it talking to people, being able to get in front of the community and have face-to-face -face conversations? 
Yeah, it's fantastic. It really helps us like get a feel for how to communicate about this and get more feedback. Like it's harder when you're putting it out there um, on social media and, and emails and stuff. You you might be talking only to your own uh, to your own bubble. Preaching you know? to converted. Preaching to converted. Yeah, yeah. You're not careful. So that's why getting to events as well as uh, getting the message out via athletes and ambassadors and getting the message out through uh, other partner organizations is so key for us. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is the best way to get input really and and chat it through with people yeah i was interested to ask you about how receptive the community are to something that is a really really important topic but some may see it devil's advocate as quite an unsexy topic mm. how receptive do you find the audience uh i think it can be mixed at an event just because people want different things out of it like um generally some people are in a rush to get from one of the side of this yeah. one stage to the other and stuff so if you get people at the right moment and in the right frame of mind uh, then they're generally very happy to have a conversation about it. And yeah, it's just uh, making sure to um, yeah, be um, susceptible to, yeah. to whether people are in that headspace or not. But generally people are, are interested to mm. talk about the impacts and, and know more. And we've got uh, yeah, an action that people can take that only takes two minutes to, to get involved and hopefully leave that positive feeling about doing something good. Yeah, how, how long have you been working at, at PAL? PAL? About three years now. Three years. Yeah. From from the organisation, from when it set, was set up, how more important and prevalent has the topic of sustainability become in this industry over that time? Uh, I would say it has increased a lot, um, both within the like community and within the industry, um, be it the, the brands, be it the travel companies. I think yeah. the, the impacts are being much more noticed. Um, by everyone there was certainly even yeah three five years ago there were people noticing it but it's more prevalent it's there's more stories in the media around uh, around it and uh yeah definitely more awareness growing about the issue and um particularly in in and around certain seasons so last year the season uh snow season kicked off uh really badly in terms of snowfall when those sorts of things yes. happen or when right now um glaciers there's new stories around glaciers receding and um them being dug up for events like these highlight moments really put it in people's uh, front of mind. But definitely, definitely progress happening, I think. I want to take a step back and talk about your kind of where the door to the snow sports industry actually opened for you. Uh, so I was always uh, interested in outdoors and outdoor sports uh, from an early age. Uh, earlier on, that was more surfing and I did some skiing through school was where I first got into that then uh, through university as well university ski trips they're great fun and then when I finished university I decided to do a ski season in Whistler so that was when I was out there and I'd been surfing I decided to make the switch to snowboarding and yeah found that really fun um, yeah definitely those parallels with with surfing so yeah uh, yeah self-taught there and then did another season in the three valleys and then that's when i came back and started working more on the sustainability yeah and where i want to pick up on that where that sort of those two passions collided but a question that i asked to everyone kind of leading on from what the answer you just gave then is what do you love about being outside and active uh i love the headspace it puts you in like it just there's no uh distractions or anything you're sort of really focused in the moment when um you're at the top of uh, at the top of a run or waiting for a wave or, or, or yeah, top of the line, sort of with your mates, having fun. Uh, it's just positive. You can stretch yourself too. Um, yeah, the outdoors can sort of be there for you and you, there's so many different ways to experience it. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, really beneficial overall positive uh, 
impact on, on your life, I think. Yeah, so I try and get involved in uh, as many different outdoor sports, really, as possible, a bit of Love everything. That. Love that. And so with snowboarding, where does the overlap with sustainability then come into it in your journey? Where do you kind of, you know, that, that again, that door open to thinking, oh, actually, it's all well and good wanting, you know, thinking about sustainability in my own life, but it becoming your actual career. Yeah, so during my degree, uh, I was doing a sort of engineering, uh, general engineering course. And then as that went on, it was becoming more and more talked about as sustainability and climate change as an issue. But it was when I was getting more involved in the outdoor sports, I think that I began to, that began to resonate with me more. And so it was then when I did a season, I think my second season when I was in the Three Valleys, that season does really bad snow in the dolomites and luckily being in the three valleys like vt is the highest resort in europe we 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 were just about okay but yeah if you're in the dolomites that season it was a strip of snow and that really put that that image is so sharp in my mind to Mm. this day Uh, and i think that's where the snow sports link came in for me first so then when i came back and uh, to the uk and i was working in sustainability but it wasn't really within that uh, sector i was thinking about the outdoors is how I resonate with yeah. it. And I thought a good way that we could bring a new community and a new uh, voice into this space. I'm just jumping in at this point in the podcast to tell you a little bit about Tyrol, because if you are listening to this thinking, oh, I haven't been skiing or snowboarding for a while and I don't know where to look, then have a look at Tyrol to book your next skiing adventure, whether it's one of their many resorts such as Innsbruck, Gurgel, Alberg. Ischgl, Skidral, Zillatal, any one of those six, then have a look. Maybe your next adventure is around the corner. Now, there's six different resorts to go and look at and choose from, and you can read all about those resorts and the link to go and explore more in the podcast description. If you're listening on YouTube, then there'll be some more information there. And also on the outsideinactive.com website in the article related to this podcast, you can find out more about the Tyrol resorts there. Get ready for your next skiing adventure with Tyrol. I've written down what, why is important. I think we all know that we need to be more sustainable and we need to look after this earth. But what give people an idea of the actual tangible differences that, or the negative impacts that are happening right now? Like what is, how can we see the world start to deteriorate? How are we seeing these negative impacts actually in front of us? Yeah, so I'll start with in snow sports because yep. that's probably the most obvious one. So, so far, the ski season is around a month shorter in Western Europe than it was in the 70s. So it's quite a big difference. Wow. And this is, you know, the change we've seen so far, one degree. Every degree that we increase, that will probably be at the same again. So it's pretty tangible. And particularly those low elevation resorts, it's going to hit them first. So there are already resorts where their operation has been impacted and that's only going to drive people to the higher resorts shorter seasons it's going to make it more expensive and or more crowded uh so it's not just domino effect yeah Yeah. it's the domino effect and then uh the local communities in those lower down resorts struggle for income so um there's a really wide impact that that has on on these places don't think about that that Mm. uh, that economic economical impact as well as just yeah totally it's not just the environmental side of it itself it's the knock-on implications for people that live in these spaces and yeah instructors if they if there is no snow they can't teach and if they can't teach then they don't have income what what are they going to do next so uh, it's a really big problem for people um 
in in these lower places and we really want to stop this because there is still this massive massive difference in impacts between if we hit the climate global climate targets and if we don't and i think that's where sometimes it gets missed it just says uh the media says climate change is a big problem and it'll cause you know storms and it'll cause less snow but it, it loses that uh clarity on how much yeah. impacts with how much warming and there's a huge huge difference so uh, that's why we're all about uh trying to stop it as soon as possible and and minimize those impacts so protects our winters is is it twofold it's educational but also trying to make a tangible difference as well because i know you do a lot of campaigning and lobbying mm-hmm. is it working on both of those fronts yeah definitely and, uh, and more i imagine yeah yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah so really uh we find that really what we want to be in as i said in the mission it's about getting that systemic change so Basically, we can't name and shame individuals into saying, oh, you used a coffee cup today or you didn't double side print. Like that's not going to make the difference <laughs> in whether we hit those global targets or not. Like we should be doing these things and recycling. It's sort of easy wins. But really, yeah, we need that political and systemic change to hit the targets to really stop this. So that's that's what power is all about. And um, yeah, that's why we do education for one is to help people understand that side uh, we run something called carbon literacy training, which is eight hours of training to take anyone from uh, perhaps not knowing much about climate at all to learn the impacts, learn okay. how to take action on it um, and sort of practice talking about it or looking at their organizational impact and, and really uh, bring people forward. We get great feedback on that. We've done it for uh, ski instructors, the public, for athletes. Uh, Shemi Alcott did it recently. Uh, Warren Smith's doing it right now. So, yeah. Um, we find that really helpful for people in their journey, but then we want to go beyond that and get to that campaigning part, yeah. So the systemic change that you're looking for, mm-hmm. is that it going to the top, going to the government, speaking to MPs, because I know that you've uh, the Send It For Climate campaign yep. and you were you were there last month as well, I think in um, on your website, yeah, in Westminster. Do, are they receptive, I'll just use that word again, receptive to what you're campaigning for and you're lobbying for? Do you have friends there that, you know friends that understand what you're doing and are trying to support your cause and push you up through through that channel as well yes it's it's something that we in pow uk are relatively newer to compared to other chapters yeah uh originally founded in america by jeremy jones in america they're much bigger in terms of staff they've been around a lot longer and they've got a more established um reach into that political space and so other chapters around the world are replicating this approach and it definitely works uh it's just yeah making sure we learn how to do it effectively from those <laughs> other chapters and 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 through through doing it but yeah last uh, month we had the opportunity to meet through send it for climate campaign uh the shadow climate minister kerry mccarthy yep. uh yeah we hope to meet her again in the outdoors at some point soon and we hope to also meet the government's representative for climate as well um through through this campaign and it's definitely resonates in finding a new way uh, or a new uh, group of people they find that i think really interesting that it's not you know the same voices it's it's a completely different yeah. uh, outlook on on how it matters and and that side of things and what practical things are you lobbying for i know you're talking about the wider issue that systemic change but what is it is it policies is it procedures of things that, you, that you're looking for them to implement into in, in the in that government channel yeah so really the top line message is we're not on track for our climate targets yeah. and we have to get back on track. So it's that simple. There is uh, an independent body that reviews 
where we are and if we're going to hit our targets and it says we're not so really the top line message is <laughs> that's quite clear it's quite yeah. clear it's yeah. really like the independent advice is we're not going to hit our targets let's make sure we do so it's it's really that simple uh, at the top line we've got specific suggestions that we've uh, written up into our mini manifesto uh, and these are around predominantly number one phasing out fossil fuels yep. we, if we keep taking fossil fuels out the ground that's only going to cause and drive climate change so that's why number one is no new fossil fuel extraction when we see things like Rosebank being grants license, granted licenses, that's just putting more emissions into the atmosphere. So that's number one, is phasing out fossil fuels. Uh, yeah, a transition to renewables, support of the grid and transport services to enable this, particularly within those rural communities where the outdoor uh, community tends to be active. It's hard to bring people with you if the electrical grid isn't, if you don't trust it, if the mm. floods are bringing it down and landslides keep damaging your train lines people are, are going to be lost in this journey and not receptive to it so it's really important to have that just transition piece and uh support the workers in this space make sure end of grid communities have a, a reliable grid and then yeah people will be receptive to it um yeah those are some of the main asks um we also want commitment to carbon literacy in government so i think there's not enough understanding of this topic amongst mm. politicians so yeah, we are asking politicians to do carbon oh, really? literacy right. training. So li literally yeah. The, uh, yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's just not an understanding in the general population, but from literally the, the, the politicians. politicians. They're the ones making the decisions. Yeah. It really is. They need to know <laughs> yeah. about it the most. Exactly. They they absolutely have to know enough about this topic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, training for government ministers and uh, parties ministers, we want them to sign up to that. And uh, engaging with the outdoor industry and community as well is the final ask then for the Senate campaign. And that's that's where you're looking to get again widen that net for the people that know about you and understand what you're trying to talk about and get as many people with you kind of in that in that fight and talking about something that's so important. Yep. But I wanted to ask if I was listening to this and going, oh well, I want to support the economy of of that industry that struggled for a few years through through COVID and and it's still coming, you know, feeling the effects of that. But I have to travel, I have to buy new equipment, I have to do all of these sort of things. How can I as an individual or as a family or group of friends that go skiing once or twice a year, how can I have, I know you said slightly tongue-in-cheek earlier about printing on two sides and, and all that type of things, but how can I make those small differences that all add up to one big difference? Yeah, I'd say it's important to try and do both and to sort of uh, make sure you... Uh, focus on what's going to drive the most impact. So okay. um, some things can be misleading and that's where the training and the education can be really impactful because things like um, leaving devices on standby, modern devices really don't use that much energy. So if you put all, like people only have <laughs> so much mental space to give to this topic, right? So <laughs> yeah. if, you sp if we just go around hammering the point of turn everything off at the plug, then people are going to think that that's the only thing they can and should be doing and that that's enough. Um, but really, we want people to be filling in that send it for climate postcard yep. to tell the government what they need. Uh, and also, yeah, doing doing those small things in their life as well. So recycling, um, buying it secondhand or renting instead of yeah. buying these sorts of things. They also support an industry that's going to uh, do better as well. So, yeah, that stuff's important, too. But we, we can't forget that systemic top level ask, really. Just kind of linking back around to what I was talking about, about um, you guys widening your net and widening your net and getting more people understanding who you are, you kind of almost want to get people into that customer life cycle from finding out what you do and what you're talking about to becoming effective climate 
advocates, I mean, how do you have that process? How do you kind of, obviously social media is massive, I imagine, of talking to people and reaching a wider audience, but what, what's your sort of strategy into getting people to, to sit alongside you that maybe a year ago don't know who you are? Yeah, so for that, it's something that's really, really critical within the space is those athletes ambassadors. Uh, when we do the supporter surveys and the research, time after time, they are shown to be sort of the voice that people listen to in this space. So uh, increasing our, our reach through those is really key and through the brands. Like our newsletter database can only be so big, it's hard to grow it. But if we can get uh, brands emailing all their customers, travel yep. companies emailing all their customers, you can reach that wider group. Um, so that's one part is like the, the who are we talking through and then the other part is like which communities within outdoors are we reaching so each chapter in power tends to reach out to snow sports first it's in it's partly in the name it's the most obvious uh area of impact but then uh increasingly widening into any outdoor action mountain sports so yeah mountain biking climbing uh whatever it is hiking so uh yeah reaching different communities and having again different athletes and, and brands for different communities i know you were saying that we're not we're not on track that's the headline message mm -hmm. what sort of time scale are we looking at in terms of it, there being some serious detrimental impact both economically and uh, on on the outdoors world yeah it's tricky because there's a mm. bit of a lag so it's sort of what we do in the next less than 10 years now where we are by 2030 kind of defines whether we can hit our 2050 targets uh, and then some of those impacts will keep getting worse and worse for decades to come. So what we do now, not all of those impacts will immediately become manifest. Uh, but certainly by sort of in the next couple of decades, by 2050, the differences that we make now are starting to, to come. And you will see differences in the snowfall projections just based on whether we're keeping to 1.5 or whether we're not. And as power continues to grow, obviously that has... Um, strains on funding and things like that and I guess you have to rely like you said on the brands and brand ambassadors being so important and supporting what you do but it, it, I take it this is a uh, an organization that's funded from the outside from people that want to support what you're doing yeah yeah we get bit of a mixture uh, yeah a bit of a mixture we get some uh, of our funding from brands and organizations yeah. yeah some from grants some from individual giving so uh yeah, it's, it's quite mixed. It allows you to be able to achieve more, reach out to more people and yeah. do more campaigns and things like that. So what's what's coming up next? Obviously, the Send It for Climate campaign is, is something that's happening at the moment. Yeah, but that's going on right now. Yeah, so where can people go to find out more about that, to support it, to tell their friends, family, and just get behind what you're doing? Yeah, so the Send It for Climate postcards, they're in all Ellis Brigham stores, Patagonia stores, um, They'll be mailed out with orders from EcoSki, Hooski, Planks, several others. Uh, so, yeah, you can pick up the physical postcards uh, <laughs> in these sorts of places. There's a list on our website. Uh, but there's also a virtual postcard for, the, for where it's just not convenient to get hold of one. Uh, so you can find that on our website as well, protectourwinters.uk. So that's what's going on right now. Uh, and then in terms of what's next, this is sort of phase one of a campaign. And why we're running this right now, the, the government is... Uh, and the political parties are working out what their manifestos are and what they're uh, campaigning on for mm. the next general election, which is around the corner. So that's right now they're working out what people want and what they're going to do in government. That's why we're doing send it and influencing manifestos. Yeah. Uh, phase two will be an election campaign of getting people to vote. Amazing. Um, well, I'm looking forward to the piece of advice that you're going to give now because you've given so many 
really important pieces of talking about what Protect Our Winters does, but also uh, what people can do themselves. Um, And it's not just, like you said, it's not just the snow sports industry. It is that wider outdoors industry and everyone can play their part. But I offered you a piece of advice at the beginning, just be a nice person to to Neil. And uh, that's the advice we want to stretch to everyone else that's listening to this and do your bit for for the environment. But what's the piece of advice that you would like to pass on to a guest coming onto the podcast in the near future? Uh, I think I'll go with uh, do something that scares you every day. And that could be because it applies in the outdoors, but it might also apply within the climate space. So whether that's, yeah, uh, that new line that you've kind of always wanted to do or filling in a postcard and uh, doing something positive. But I yeah. love that. Great advice. I look forward to passing that along. Dom, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the final episode in season 11 of the Outside and Active podcast. As I mentioned, this is a really important topic and I'm glad to be able to have a representative of Protect Our Winters on the episode to chat about the little ways that we as individuals can come together and make a big difference. As I said at the beginning of the episode, if you could forward this on to someone who you think would benefit from it or loves the snow sports world and just you think that they would enjoy this episode just as much as you, then please do forward it on to them. It helps more than you can imagine. We'll be back next time with season 12 of the Outside and Active podcast. But until that time, enjoy the outdoors.